You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back. It's The Big Show in the morning into hour number three. Make sure you're grabbing the podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Google, or Amazon. The Big Show in the morning, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Get the little picture with the saddle dome and the Calgary Tower Mm -hmm. on it. We're into hour number three. My name is Matt Rose. He's Patty Dumont, Alex Brody, running the show today. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Mm -hmm. We go down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to our friend from Sportsnet, Shai Davidi. Good morning, Shai. Thanks for taking some time. Yeah, no problem. What's going on? Uh, Living the dream. Uh, Shy down at the winter meetings, coming to an end. A lot of money spent, but not much spent by the Blue Jays. What is the latest you're hearing on the birds down at the winter meetings? Yeah, it wasn't a a great winter meetings optically for the Toronto Blue Jays because obviously the industry was very active. Some of their rivals uh, were quite active in terms of improving the club. And uh, the Blue Jays end up leaving here with just uh, essentially more information and advancing their talks, which is not what the fans want to hear. But uh, they still have a lot of time uh, to get to get players done. Still a lot of players left out in the market, but it was uh, certainly a busy time for others. And I think people are just kind of look, looking at the Blue Jays saying, hey, where are you at right now? And uh, they have a lot of threads to kind of carry through from here. Uh, and, you know, the, their offseason business is going to get done later than I think some people would have uh, ideally liked. Does it feel similar to the trade deadline in the sense that there was a maybe a lot of noise leading up to it, and then at the end when nothing happens, you kind of feel a little bit like like you missed out, even if it's just because there was a lot of outside noise prior? Well, I mean, the one thing about the, the trade deadline, right, is like once it's over, it's over. That's it. Yeah. You, you can't do anything else to get players, right? The, uh, the entire industry is going to continue operation. There is no deadline in the offseason. So I think that's, a big difference and look there's still a lot of teams that have to do their spending that haven't done a ton right like the Baltimore Orioles I mean they got Kyle Gibson but not much else the San Francisco Giants got Mitch Hanniger uh you know both those teams still have a lot of money to spend you know so you know Los Angeles Dodgers still haven't done all what they're going to do so there are a lot of other teams that are in the same boat and uh, you know what what this has essentially done it's one group of teams has gotten a significant part of their business done but there's still another set of clubs and another set of players that still have to either get players or sign someplace and you know the blue jays are part of that second subset and that's that's sort of the reality so you know i think certainly from an expectation standpoint people wanted the blue jays to be participating a bit more uh, a bit more fully in this and uh, to have come away from this but if you look at sort of what they really want to accomplish this off season you know the the one piece that they were really all in on and uh, really wanted to make happen was Andrew Heaney. 
Uh, and, you know, this wasn't their fault. They did everything they could, and the player just wanted to go to Texas. Um, and he took lower offers, not just from the Blue Jays, but from other clubs, too, to go to Texas. So I mean, that's, the, that's the one thing that happened here that the Blue Jays really tried to, to get done. Mm. And, uh, you know, everything else is, is still sort of alive for them. That's an interesting one, Andrew Heaney, that you bring up because, you know, I, I know there are shortstops that were signing for big money. How about any of the other pitchers that have maybe signed uh, recently? Do you think the Jays might have had any other intrigue among some of these other pitching names, or was Heaney the, the big one for him? I mean, Heaney was the one where, you know, they pushed to the very end, and uh, I, I don't know if they were necessarily high bid, but they were – uh, they they were tempting to him until the very end. And I think uh, just in talking to some people with uh, some knowledge of, of how it went down, it was essentially at the end a call between the Blue Jays and the Texas Rangers. And there's some appeals, uh, uh, personal appeals of being in Texas that were maybe more aligned with his life that led him to that decision as opposed to to signing with the Blue Jays. You know, they, they were engaged with uh, a number of other players, uh, you know, the, but again, like I, I don't think it was as intense as that on, on Heaney. So, uh, you know, that leads me to believe that most of their plans or most of their priority players uh, are still alive for them. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Shai Davidi of Sportsnet uh, joining us here on the big show in the morning. Sportsnet 960 talking a little bit of Jays. My name is Matt Rose. He's Patty Dumas. Uh, Shai, a lot of talk uh, before winter meetings was uh, around the catching market and the Jays possibly moving one of the three catchers they have on their 40-man right now. Uh, and The Cardinals were a possibility, but now that they're out of the catching market uh, signing Wilson Contreras, is that still a, a topic that sh- uh, that the that Shapiro and Atkins are trying to do is is maybe move one of these, uh, these catchers, Kirk, Jansen, Moreno, one of them to try and uh, add somewhere else in this team? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting one because – the when the offseason started, you you looked at the Blue Jays and the Cardinals, and you're like, okay, these are a couple of natural trade partners, and they were. Uh, I think what happened with this, with that one is that both teams just kind of got stuck in their ways uh, or, or stuck on their valuation, and then they they couldn't align. That you know, my understanding is that the the Blue Jays were intent on getting one of the Cardinals outfielders, either Lars Newbar or Dylan Carlson. Mm-hmm. And the the Cardinals were interested in Danny Jansen, but they were trying to, to do that with uh, the closer, Ryan Housley. And uh, there was not uh, an alignment there. So I think that's really indicative of how strongly the Blue Jays value their catchers. And you look at the Contreras contract and uh, clearly – there's a significant industry value on catching a resource that's pretty scarce around the game. Uh, and the Blue Jays have three pretty good ones. So the, that is something I think we can apply to their future approach in potential trade talks with their catchers. I mean, it's going to have to be a player that comes back, um, a significant player that comes back, a deal that the Blue Jays will only do on their terms. And, uh, you know, the, at this point, you'd have to think there is a, a significant possibility that the Blue Jays return next year with all three catchers uh, unless they get a deal that is absolutely to their liking. Another name that was uh, linked this past week uh, with the Jays was Brian Reynolds out of Pittsburgh. He wants out. 
uh, kind of died down in the last couple days uh, with that. Is there still some uh, some love with uh, Brian Reynolds and trying to get a deal done there? I, mean, I think there's an interest. I don't know that he's you know, a, a top priority for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's certainly some, some things about the defensive metrics that are a little bit concerning. And, you know, one of the things the Blue Jays are focused on this year, uh, this off season is essentially run prevention. Yeah. And that That's pitching, but that's also defense. So, uh, you know, that that's going to be a tough deal too, because, you know, right now the, it doesn't seem like the Blue Jays and Pittsburgh line up from, you know, a resources standpoint and it's also uh, that the, those two front offices, you know, Ben Sherrington and, and Steve Sanders both ended up in Pittsburgh from Toronto. And they, you know, they think about players very, very similarly. And sometimes when clubs value players in a very similar fashion, it becomes difficult for them to make a deal together uh, because neither team can find the kind of surplus that they're, that they're looking for. So, uh, you know, I think that it's certainly on the spectrum of possibilities, but I'm not sure the Blue Jays are necessarily the prime suitor there on, on Reynolds. Okay, uh, now we're still we still got a lot of time. Four months uh, under four, a little under four months till opening day. Uh, but is there is there any chance that the Jays would roll with back with Kikuchi and Mitch White as their four fives? I, I mean, maybe as their five, but not as number four and number okay. five. You know, I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if the Blue Jays do not get at least one starter. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think they'd, in an ideal world, they'd also like to bring in somebody who could swing from the bullpen to the rotation as well uh, to just give themselves another option. But, you know, the, the Blue Jays do have, I mean, I, I, I think faith might be too strong, but, you know, optimism or um you know some degree of optimism that kikuchi can stabilize and uh, you know become the the pitcher he has the chance to be if he's able to leverage all his abilities uh, they they have mitch white has a lot of fans in the organization and uh you know uh, ricky tiedemann one of their top pitching mm-hmm. prospects is someone that they feel has a chance to make an impact next year so uh, i think for all those reasons they're probably not going to you know, lock out that group from being able to participate on the team, but you know they, they they're not going to count on all of them, and that's what you're doing if you if you don't sign any starters at all. Uh, one more uh, name that's been uh, floating around there. I mean, he was close, rumored to signing uh, in the off season with the Jays that uh, they got George Springer, and that was Michael Brantley out of Houston. Is is that a guy that the Jays that would tick still some boxes to fill that outfield role? Yeah, they definitely have some interest in him. I think that kind of depends on how the outfield scenario shakes out, right? Like, uh, are they able to, you know, trade for someone who's going to play a, a significant portion of, of center field? Uh, you know, Brandon Nimmo's on the upper end of the market, and I'm not sure the Blue Jays are at the forefront, but they're at least keeping track on that and, and engaged to some degree. So, uh, you know, do you get that? Uh, do they get Michael Conforto? You know, do they look at doing sort of Conforto and uh, Kevin Kiermaier, uh, something like that, mm-hmm. to, to, uh, to complement your outfield? Uh, and I, if you do get Brentley, I think one of the challenges is that he's going to have to play a very significant portion of his time at DH. And how is that going to work if you also have Alejandro yeah. Kirk, who's going to mm-hmm. need to DH significantly as well? But, 
you know, the bat is so good, the profile is so good that if he's healthy, that really fits uh, the Blue Jays well. But there are a lot of um, there are a few challenges in and around that that makes it. I, I think some of the other dominoes would have to fall before the Blue Jays end up with him. Shai Davidi, sports and MLB columnist and Blue Jays insider, joining us on the big show uh, here in the morning, Sportsnet 960. Just wanted to ask you a couple more. Um, have you ever heard of Arson Judge before? <laughs> Man, that was uh, that was certainly uh, one of the big moments of the uh, of the winter meetings. Uh, but uh, Aaron Judge definitely got paid, and and that was a a really compelling storyline for a number of reasons, right? Like one, it's how existential that entire negotiation became for the New York Yankees. Uh, how seismic the contract was within the scope of the game. And then you also kind of look at it from a Blue Jays perspective and you're like, well, this could be preview of winter meetings 2025 if they don't end up extending Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette. So who will both be, you know, three or four years younger than Aaron Judge uh, at, at at the time they hit the open market, if it gets to that point, so uh, super intriguing for a, a number of different reasons, and uh, and also one of the you know greatest bets on uh, a player has put on himself all time, you know, walking away from you know two hundred and thirteen million dollars in spring training, uh, incredible risk if uh, you know an injury occurs or something along those lines, and a player ends up making another $150 million as a result of it. Uh, Shy, we're also asking our listeners today, and this one's a little bit away from uh, from uh, the winter meetings, but we're asking our listeners if there is a player or a person that was always worth the price of admission. And we've gotten a few baseball ones today, like we've had some people say a Shoei Otani start, if you ever had an opportunity to go watch him pitch and then also perhaps hit a dinger, like that would be worth any price of admission. Is there a, a person or a player or a thing that maybe comes to mind that you just could not miss if they were coming through your town? Uh, well, I'll, I'll just stick in on the baseball front, and uh, I'll go Ricky Henderson uh, back in the day, uh, a Dave Steve start, a Roy Halladay start. Mm-hmm. You know, those are a few names that, that jump out immediately. Um, and if we're going to go uh, hockey, uh, you know, Mario Lemieux, uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh, there's certainly a lot that kind of kind of stick to mind. Uh, and, and currently in hockey wise, Connor McDavid, you know, at, uh, a chance to see him one spring training when the Oilers were in Tampa Bay, and, uh, just just absolutely incredible stuff. It's quite fun to watch. Uh, appreciate the answer and appreciate all the work you're doing down at the winter meetings. If only the Jays had the same work ethic as Shai Davidi. <laughs> I think, like I know that <laughs> a lot of people are. Are super down. I've seen my Twitter mentions, but there, there, there are going to be moves that come, but just uh, not on the timeline that any of us want. Yes, uh, I do say that uh, tongue in cheek. Thank you, Shy. Really appreciate Thanks it today, lot, man. <laughs> Take care, guys. Shy Davidi joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Come on in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials at sixty sixty Memorial Drive Northeast. Pickup and delivery also available at Atlas Pizza four zero eight two four eight thirty three. 44 and keep your text coming because I've decided that we're going to pick someone from the text line oh, okay. to open up our wild rose brewery, 12 days of Christmas advent calendar. There you go. After we chat with Ross Tucker uh, around the corner.
But um, I did want to get a couple of minutes in just for a few thoughts on yesterday's game before the Flames do head out on this road trip. Okay. The Flames have a terrible start for the second straight game. Basically, the the first segment of the game before they hit that very first commercial Mm -hmm. timeout, which against Arizona came about eight minutes in, and then against the Wild came about ten and a half minutes in as they had some extended play. The the marker is is six minutes Mm -hmm. for what that matters to the general public. But after six minutes, if there's Mm -hmm. a whistle that is not an icing or a goal or a stoppage where you can change your players, that is your first TV timeout. The Flames have been a mess in the first segment, but after that have been able to find their game and figure things out. Against the Coyotes, they did kill two penalties, mm-hmm. did it successfully, and moved on and won the game. Against the Wild, they allowed two goals, and then they had to come out like a house on fire to start the third. Yeah. Eventually, uh, Rasmus Anderson scores a- another great goal, showing that the team can kind of handle the ebbs and flows of momentum mm-hmm. in a game. I think there's just been a lot of positive things over the last few tilts on this homestand yeah. as they get ready to go out east. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, the The top nine is, I think, starting to get solidified here. They're pretty set. good. They're set. This is what you got. I, I think you see Nazem Kadri during this uh, homestand uh, to bring what he can do to this team. Like, I thought the diving pass he made over to Dubé on the, the goal against, uh, I think it was in the... Air that, was, that was uh, two games ago. Against the, the, oh, yeah. No, that Washington was the Washington game. game. Yeah. And then he found mm-hmm. the score sheet. Yeah, so he's yeah. got points in three straight. Yeah, it, it's uh, the simple things like that. And I, I keep going back to where the, the it starts in the net with with the the, yep. the, 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 the solidifying of what Dan Valar has brought to the team right now. Uh, the special teams has helped out a lot too. Uh, it, it's it's like I said, like it's not that you're getting to that thirty game mark where they said this is where things this is where the real team, place. the things will start falling into place, and it feels like. Feels like that. Guys look confident. Mm-hmm. Guys look like they know where their teammates are oh, yeah. and supposed to be at this point. And I think that there's a lot of things that are moving in the right direction. What do we do? We expect anything between Gaudreau and the Flame? Uh, here, I want to play you this. Uh, if you could just fire up my burly there, Alex. But uh, at the end of his presser after yesterday's game, Rasmus Anderson was asked by Danny Austin about going and playing Johnny Hockey on Friday as the Flames start their three-game Eastern conference road trip with a stop against Johnny Gaudreau's Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, you guys probably make it bigger than the, than it is. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a part of the business, you know. It's uh, it's free agents every year, and um, people can pick and choose where you want to play if you're a good player. So, um, but, you know, we moved on, and so have Johnny probably. And um, But it's obviously going to be special for him to play against the Calgary for the first time. Uh, you know, as it was special with for Johnny and Weeks playing against Florida for the first time, it's uh, it's probably more special for him than it's for us. Uh, for us, it's another game we need to win. Two takeaways: one, uh, doesn't sound like Johnny Gaudreau and Rasmus Anderson are, are chatting much these days. Mm-mm. And uh, B, I, I like Rasmus Anderson taking the "I've got a new girl now" route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Johnny and Weeger, same thing going into into Florida. It was good for them. It's different for them, and it'll be different for Goudreau. And I mean, I'm sure it'll be a lot more different in January when he rolls through the dome for the first time as a visiting player. I think that one might have a little more fireworks to it, especially because you got the hometown here, yeah, and the crowd. And we know, yep. and I know how I think we know the majority feels about how that all went down. But again, Goudreau earned the right to be free agent on July 1st, and uh, he decided to uh, to go elsewhere, and uh, that's where it's going to be. Uh, I think. 
I, I think we all like to see him. I not I think we all, but I think if you're a Flames fan, it's you're seeing the struggles of Columbus. You're seeing like you're not seeing the same. It's just too bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you're like oh, oh that's, well, that's that's a shame. Shucks, ain't that too bad for you? Oh, yep. really, really feel sorry for you there, Johnny. Uh, Jackets, Flames, two teams trending in opposite directions. The Flames are six three and one in their last ten and have won three straight games. The Jackets are three six and one in their last ten and have lost three straight games. They are the third worst team in the entire NHL. Eighteen points tied with the Coyotes and the Blackhawks, just one point ahead of the Anaheim Ducks. We'll take a break around the corner. Little NFL chat. We got the advent calendar to open still. And one more footy report. A jam-packed Thursday program. Man, this thing has just flown by. Uh, live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the show. Final segment of Already? the program. Already. You know what they say, Pat. Mm. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> we're having a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, we're live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to our Thursday regular, Ross Tucker, NFL analyst for Westwood One. You know him from the Ross Tucker podcast, the Even Money Betting podcast. Ross, how are you doing tonight, uh, today, my friend? I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? We're doing good. We got no complaints. We're excited for this Thursday night football game with the Raiders and the Rams, and maybe a little bit of clarity on the football or on the quarterback situation with the Rams here as well. Mm -hmm. um, what are you expecting for this Thursday night or tonight? Well, listen, I mean, first of all, I'm expecting there to be more Raiders fans there than Rams fans because the Rams are really struggling. Kind of sad to say, by the way, considering the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. You might have heard of it. Mm. called the Super Bowl. They, they won it last year, and yet I'm pretty confident there will be more Rams fans there tonight than Raiders. I'm sorry, more Raiders fans there than Rams fans because Raiders are playing better. And there are a lot of Raiders fans in Southern California. So that's number one, especially something to look at from a betting perspective, is that there really is no home field advantage for the Rams. Raiders have been playing much better. Uh, it's funny. It's almost like not having Devontae Adams as well. I'm sorry, not having Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro has forced the Raiders to just do everything through Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, and it's working. <laughs> you know, I mean, those guys have both been playing really well. For the Rams, there's a lot of reports out there that Baker Mayfield's going to be active, that Baker Mayfield might even play or start, which is just wild. I mean, the guy was just claimed on waivers on Tuesday. I mean, this would be an all-time turnaround for a guy to get a lot of time at quarterback tonight after he basically got there Tuesday night. Were you surprised that Baker was claimed by the Rams? No, I wasn't. I wasn't, and I, I talked about this actually on, I guess it was maybe Wednesday's Raw Sucker Football Podcast. 
Stafford has a bruised spinal cord, and that's what ended my career. Oh, and back in 2007. So if you have a bruised spinal cord, and look, I don't know his situation 100, percent but something bruised it. Like something had to get to your spinal cord to be able to bruise it. Usually a disc, not good, right? Like you don't want to mess with spinal cord at all. Mm. So if it's a disc that was able to hit it, that means you have a herniated disc in your neck and they're really not going to let you play football unless you go ahead and get surgery. And that's usually a fusion surgery. So it really is up to Stafford whether or not he wants to have a neck fusion and then continue to play football or not. He's won a Super Bowl, made a ton of money, played a long time. He might say, you know what? Awesome career. I mean, I'd love to keep playing, but I got a bunch of little kids and I just don't want to risk it. I don't know what he's going to end up doing. Uh, But I know this much. They're not going to let him play unless he has that surgery and they feel confident that his spinal cord won't be affected. Ross, want to go up the coast a little bit uh, to another team without uh, their starting quarterback as the Niners turn to Brock Purdy. Uh, he filled in admirably there, very much in the, their win over the Dolphins. Uh, can they be all right with the pieces that surround him? I'm talking that offense is still loaded around him. And, of course, without, without saying their defense is among the best in the league. You think the Niners will be all right with Brock Purdy? I do, yeah. But all right is not really what they're going for. No. Right? I mean, I, I, I think they'll be all right, but they they had Super Bowl aspirations. Mm-hmm. And maybe they still do, but it's highly likely that the Niners will be the three or four seed, which means they got to win three playoff games, including two on the road. And I'm just not really feeling that. I mean, I'm just not mm-hmm. – with Brock Purdy, I mean, when's the last time a guy like that was able to do that? Three playoff games, two on the road, yeah. Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. It just seems really unlikely. Maybe he does. It would be an amazing story if he did. And I think they can win a bunch of games still and go to the playoffs still. But I have a tough time picturing him winning three playoff games to get them to the Super Bowl. You had a tweet earlier in the week uh, after the Titans fired their GM and John Robinson saying it's giving off a lot of the owner's favorite player was A.J. Brown. It was too painful for him to score TDs against us vibes. Uh, obviously, that was a big uh, a big deal, uh, sending A.J. Brown to Philadelphia. But again, the ownership pointed out trading assets for Julio Jones and among other things uh, with this team. Uh, how has Mike Vrabel been able to manage this team with uh, with the pieces that they've got? Well, I guess the first thing I would say, it's wild, wild timing. I mean, wild timing that they've gone ahead and they've, um, you know, they fired him during the season like this. They have a three-game lead in the AFC South. And I also, they can say it's it's a macro thing, it's a holistic thing, including, you know, the entire roster. But they did it two days after A.J. Brown scored the two touchdowns against him, right? Like, I, I don't really believe in coincidences. I'm not, I'm not here to say that it was all because of the A.J. Brown thing, but I think we're being very naive 
if we don't think the A.J. Brown thing was a big part of it. Yeah. Uh the Buffalo Bills, they take on the New York Jets this weekend, and news came out yesterday that Von Miller is going to miss the rest of the year. Uh, that's a big loss. He's got 38 quarterback pressures this year, 21 more than I believe Greg Rousseau is second on the Bills. How big of an impact uh, will Miller's loss be for that defense for the Bills? I think it's significant. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing mm-hmm. this, is, this is football. Yep. Um, I don't know. How often? Let me ask you guys this. How often do major injuries really affect the Stanley Cup playoffs? I would say quite often. Uh, major injuries, yes. Like the thing is, like the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're looking at at least 16 games, a possibility of of 28 rather than you know four. So injuries usually have a little bit more of a factor in the playoffs. You usually have to have you know, that depth, that seven or eight defensemen, even though you only need six in a game, because over the course of the postseason, someone is going to get hurt. Yeah, I just, because I'm just thinking, like, it just feels like the NFL. Like, Von Miller is a top five important player for the Bills. Jimmy Garoppolo, top five important player for the Niners. I mean, it just makes a big difference, really big difference. Von Miller is a guy that has Super Bowl chops. You know, he's a closer, right? They're going to have leads late in these games, and this is why they brought him in, to get the big sack or big pressure late to win the game. And now he's not, he's not there anymore. He's not available. It's a shame because, you know, they, they paid up to get him there. What do you make of uh, what we're seeing with the Cincinnati Bengals? They got a game against the Browns this week, and Deshaun Watson. We'll get to him in just a moment. But uh, some impressive play from the Bengals of late, including a win over Patty Mahomes' Chiefs. Really impressive. The last two games by them have been really impressive. I mean, to go to Tennessee, who I think is a really tough football team, and you know, Tennessee was extremely motivated after what had happened in the playoffs when they were the number one seed and the Bengals went down there to Nashville and knocked them off. And so to go right back down there to Nashville and beat them, I thought was really impressive. The way in which they did it, you know, getting the first downs late. And then to do it again against the Chiefs the next week, I kind of thought maybe there'd be a letdown and that the motivation would be on the Chiefs' side after what had happened the year before. But, no, I mean, the Bengals took down both those teams in the playoffs. I mean, in the, in the last two weeks, just like they did in the playoffs. It was like a repeat, back-to-back. How about uh, Deshaun Watson? Slow start going into Houston last weekend. What would you expect from him in his second start this season? Much improved. You know, I, I, I don't know how much improved, but – I would think much improved, right? I mean, it's got to be strange to be out there with live bullets, as they call it, for the first time in 700 days. I mean, first time in 700 days, people could hit him. I mean, that is scary. And so I, I think it just will take him a little bit of time to settle in. I think he'll be much better. I think I, – I, I don't know how much better. Is he, is he back to, like, being – a uh, top five quarterback? This is probably not, but he was really bad last week. 
Uh, one more for me, Ross, uh, here. Uh, Odell Beckham uh, met with Dallas there over the, on Monday and um, found out his medical uh, records got leaked out by the team saying he's not going to be ready probably till mid-January. And he's pretty peeved about that. Uh, you, you know, as a former player... And, and, and if you were still a player and a free agent wanting to find a new team, how would you feel about a team letting the rest of the league know how you're doing publicly? Well, I wouldn't love it, but if that's what the doctors are saying, then my guess is the other teams that are interested in him would know that as well. So it's probably not that big a deal from that standpoint. It's more the, the act of leaking it. It's more the fact that they did it. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, I, I think the Cowboys did it because they don't want to, you know, they, they put so much into the marketing and the hype to get him. And then they don't want to let down their fans. So it's like they had to put this out there yeah. so that their fans are like, oh, okay. Because they had built it up so much that the fans were clamoring for it. They have to have some some logic as to why they don't get them, and that's what it is. Ross, uh, really appreciate the time, as always, today. Uh, hey, I had a question for you. If I was thinking about getting my family members a gift and I want to do something that was off the board and unique, do you have any ideas as something I might be able to get them? Wow, that's such a unique question. I'm so surprised that you asked that. Really? <laughs> no, you know what? Um, in all sincerity, uh, my buddy started the company. It's called MyFrontPageStory.com. It is awesome. Like, you literally talk to a writer about your loved one. I don't care if it's your mom or your significant other or whatever. They write the most unbelievable story. You give them a couple pictures, and so they put the pictures in the story Looks like it's on the front page of the newspaper, and then it's framed. It's beautiful. Like, it looks like a front page story on the cover of the newspaper, and especially, like, our moms and dads, they love that. They eat that up, Mm. and they'll cry. Like, they'll cry when they'll read the quotes from you or your sibling or whatever, or maybe you and your kids if you give it to your senior brother. I'm very confident they will cry like happy tears, and they will have it hanging up in their house forever, which is why I call it the gift that keeps on giving. Check it out. It's myfrontpagestory.com, myfrontpagestory.com. Guarantee you won't regret it. You can also find Ross's stuff at the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and the Even Money Betting Podcast. Enjoy the, we- uh, the action this weekend, Ross. Really always enjoy the chat. Absolutely. See you guys. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Uh, Ross Tucker joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Dine in, pick up, or have your game day special delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, or call 403-248-3344. We have uh, some things to do here, Patty. Yeah. Uh, We got uh, our advent calendar Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. open up. We have some texts that I have amassed from our question earlier. The question was, is there a player or a person that was or always will be worth the price of admission for you? A person that you could just not miss if you can make it happen. Does someone come to mind? And we got a ton of great mm-hmm. texts. We're going to try and rip through these. We'll go back and forth. 
Uh, like this one from Matt and Red Deer. Virginia Tech college football when all the fans do enter Sandman to start the game. Always get absolute chills watching that. That would be worth the price of admission. Yep. That reminds me of Jump Around in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Yep. There's a couple of cool things. It's like all the small things in uh, Colorado. In Colorado, mm-hmm. right? Different songs that the, yep. the barns just really get attached to. Yeah, Won't Back Down, Tom Petty in, sure. in Florida. They do that. Um, yeah, a lot of good college traditions for sure. Uh, there's one, uh, saw the hole in one on a Saturday of the waste management at TPC Scottsdale. We know that crowd. That's rowdy. high on the list. Oh, especially as it becomes like a pseudo major. Yeah. Yeah. Last Come year. On. Yeah. Last year you saw with 15 the field is friends. just going to keep getting better. Yeah. So good. It's winter time. It's Scottsdale. It's nice party. <laughs> Let's go worth every penny and worth getting to the course at 5 a.m. That's a long That's day. A, it's a shift. That's a shift. That's a shift. <laughs> Uh, longtime Eagles fan paid to go to my first NFL game in San Fran and Candlestick to mm-hmm. see Mike Vick got injured the week before and I was gutted, but Kevin Kolb came in and threw six touchdowns. Cobb. So Kevin Cobb is always <laughs> worth the price of admission. That one from Rob, uh, Steve here in Calgary, uh, Owen Hart always was worth the price of admission. He, I grew up in BC, didn't have a chance to go to stampede wrestling in Calgary. So when they went on tour, it was always about getting to see the show. Owen was an amazing athlete, could electrify the audience like no other performer. Front row seats as often as possible for one of the greatest performers who's gone too soon. I got a couple hockey ones. Uh, Pavel Bure ripping mm-hmm. 50 or 60 with guys water skiing off his back. <laughs> Every shift, a threat to score. Yep. Also not puppy poop soft like the McDavid's or Matthews of today. See the mother of all Elbas versus Churla as an example. <laughs> and another text said Connor Bedard, seriously, go watch this kid in junior. Yeah. Worth every penny, and yeah. I would agree. He's got to hear one more time here in February, I believe. I think is the last time you might see him before he gets to the NHL, and last time you might be able to pay a cheap ticket to see him. Also very true. Yeah, uh, but what do we got here? Uh, bah, 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 bah. I think Rasmus Anderson was worth the price of admission last night. What a finish on the game-winning goal made it look easy. Kyle Archibald in Airdrick. There was a couple of Flames ones back-to-back there as well. Mm-hmm. Um also saw, oh, the one the one before that. Can you read number 12? Number 12. Oh, yeah, there we go. Dustin uh, says, I got to say, I made it to my first Flames game of the year last night. And Chris Sutter, yeah, he's absolutely worth the price of admission. So much fun, such high energy. It was awesome to see him living up with the crowd. I love Chris Sutter time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the price of admission is showing up to family Christmas. <laughs> Uncle Blaine already buckled at 8.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning. By then, he'll already have started in on my sister-in-law about her future. Oh, boy. Hours of fun while I get loaded myself quietly and take it all in. Merry Christmas. It's like R-rated Griswold Christmas. Admission is free. That one from Josh. Uh, Dan, uh, I have some good news. Shania Twain is actually going to be rolling through Calgary. Oh, great. Actually. So Shania Twain was his first concert. I was 10. My dad handed me a binoculars and went, take a look, son. You're going to enjoy this. (laughs) Worth the price of admission. I have a two-year-old. Hopefully Shania is still touring in a few years (laughs) so I can pass that on to him. But yeah, Shania's here next year. Um, yeah, there's a couple more. We don't have time to read them all, but I've, Mm -hmm. I've numbered them all. Okay. And we've got our magic again. All right. I've put all the numbers in here, Patrick Dumas. I'm mixing them up. Alex, we got our prize ready? Yeah, Alex is ready. Okay, you reach in there. All right. Pick a number. All right. Yeah, mixing oh, around there. Yep. What do you got? We got... Drum roll, please. Number 14, and that's Steve. 
Owen Hart. Steve, Owen Hart was always worth the price of admission. I grew up in BC, didn't have the chance to go to Stampede Wrestling in Calgary, so when they went on tour, it was always about getting in to see the show. Owen was an amazing athlete and could electrify the audience like no other performer. Front row seats as often as possible for one of the greatest performers who was gone too soon. As a result, Steve gets to open up our Advent calendar. It's time for the Wild Rose Brewery. 12 days of Christmas is every weekday between now and December the 20th. We're going to open up a virtual Advent calendar door. Tune in and have a chance to win. What's behind the door? It won't be chocolate. Maybe it's going to be a six-pack of beer. Maybe it's a taproom gift card. Or we've given out plenty of swag already, like Mm -hmm. some Hawaiian shirts and shorts and uh, a crew neck sweater, etc., etc. Let's open up this door and find out what Steve has won. A toboggan. <laughs> a toboggan? <laughs> a toboggan. Jordan, wow. really, really, uh, really excited about the toboggan. <laughs> I'm excited about the toboggan. That's awesome. I love a good toboggan. Oh, my God. I... I used to love sledding as a kid. Like yeah. during the winter, we would do it because we had like hills all over okay. our place. We had like four different ones of varying difficulty and, and hikeability. Yeah. And we had a toboggan. We had crazy carpets. <laughs> we had. Uh, oh, the, the, the carpets the, are dangerous. Carpets suck. You fly. <laughs> uh, we had the, the spinny discs. Yeah. And then eventually we would get to like the slidey kind of boards with just like the mm. foam on top. You know what you do? Those were sweet for going off jumps. I don't recommend this. Get a kiddie pool. Why a, a plastic kiddie pool. kiddie pool? Why? It's it slides. It slides. Really? <laughs> you can fit a couple people in there. Yeah. Congratulations, Steve! You win a toboggan from our friends at Wild Rose. Twelve days of Christmas on the Big Show, brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery, your home for quality craft beer in Alberta. Find it in pubs, restaurants, and liquor stores around this great province, or check out their tap room in Southwest Calgary seven days a week. That'll almost do it for us. We got to be quick here. Time for a final uh, update on the big soccer tournament down in Qatar. All right, and this soccer report is brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. No games today, so I will keep this one quick. Quarterfinals kicking off tomorrow. We've got Brazil taking on Croatia. That one goes at 8 a.m. And following that, Argentina taking on the Netherlands. That one runs at noon. And then Saturday, Portugal and Morocco kicking things off at 8 a.m., followed by England taking on defending champions France at noon on Saturday. And we'll have more updates on the games for you tomorrow, but that's going to do it for this one. This soccer report was brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Adam E. Brody, uh, we've been live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studios. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things basement For Patty Dumas, Alex Brody, big thanks to everybody who joined us on the guest hotline. Donovan Bennett is coming up next with Going Deep on Sports at 960 The Fan.